Hey everyone, and welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. My name is John Gunter. We're talking this week about prophecy as we have gone through this study on the Holy Spirit. We've talked about creation. We've talked about how the Holy Spirit empowers people. And now we talk about prophecy. And this week we talk about false prophets specifically. Uh, how can you f- uh, spot a, you know, this person who calls himself a prophet, but uh, you want to know whether this is true or not. And so that's what we talk about this week. Next week we'll talk about uh, the real kind of prophecy, the right kind. And so I hope you're, uh, I hope you really enjoy this. Hope you get something out of it. Thanks again for listening. Come see us sometime. People to do different things, and and what that could look like. And today we talk about prophecy. Now, prophecy is uh, one of those interesting topics where it is so pivotal to our understanding of Scripture. We have the the Old Testament major prophets and the minor prophets. Major meant they wrote a lot. Minor means they didn't. Uh, but we get so much from the prophets. Uh, but if you talk about prophecy today, uh, we might back up just a little bit, right? Uh, we might uh, not know what to do with that. And so uh, today and next week, we're going to be talking about prophecy. And of course, the New Testament looks back on the Old Testament and affirms prophecy, does it not? Uh, we're going to go through a lot of Scripture today, and I know it may be fast, uh, but we, uh, my wife loves it when I, when I prove stuff in the Bible, not just say it, but show it on the screen. So for my wife, if nothing else. Second Peter 1, 20 through 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though humans, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You see the Spirit's work in prophecy. Not trying to transmit something I want or something I'd like to happen, but again, working with God through a fallible human to bring about uh, prophecy. And it is of the thoughts of God from 1 Corinthians 2. These are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And so uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, which is very familiar to you, uh, for who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, what is that? Oh, I'm still reading 1 Corinthians. I'm like, that is not, that is not Timothy at all. Uh, for who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The idea that the Spirit knows the depths of God. And now something more familiar, as I mentioned, 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. God breathed through the Holy Spirit. And what we have to remind ourselves again, that when Paul wrote these words, what scripture did they have? Old Testament, yes. And so on Wednesday night, we've been talking about knowing Jesus through the Old Testament, where we've been looking at a lot of this. Been looking back where, um, where the, the gospel writers even would say, read your Bible, this is Jesus we're talking about. In the Old Testament, uh, and you're going to read a lot of Micah today. In Micah 3.8, it says, But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might, to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. Now, this was a very rare thing in the Old Testament, that the, the Old Testament prophet would actually say, I am filled with this power from the Holy Spirit, which is interesting to think about. 
Now, we think probably they were, uh, they may have been reacting to all of the false prophets that were around, all of the people who were just out for themselves and, you know, making a big deal of it, trying to make money and all of these things. Uh, and so Micah says this, I am filled with power with the Spirit of the Lord. Actually, the only other time uh, that this is said is Isaiah 48, 16. Uh, Come near me and listen to this from the first announcement. I have not spoken in secret at the time it happens. I am there. And now the sovereign Lord has sent me, endowed me with his Spirit. And so one of the questions we've been asking on Sunday morning is, what did the Israelites, the Hebrew people, think about the Holy Spirit, how did they have that in their mind? What we've seen as we've gone through this study is that kind of progresses. That it, they, they knew the Spirit worked in creation, and, and you see at least some of the prophets looking back that people were empowered with the Spirit. And now what we see is, is prophets like Isaiah and Micah saying, this that I am doing is only by the power of God in me. This week, what we're going to focus on is kind of the negative of prophecy. Maybe the thing you think about most when you think about, well, prophecy, I'm just going to go ahead and label that as false, right? Uh, the part where you go, oh, no. Because if somebody walked up to you this morning and said, I have a word uh, from God to you, what would your immediate thought be? Now, hopefully, we would discern rightly, but... Uh, even me, even studying all of this, if you came up and said that, I would probably first go, okay, let's see, right? And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, today is, is kind of the negative, uh, the negative look at all the, uh, the ways that prophets could be false. I told you we were going to read a lot from Micah. Micah gets pretty upset about false prophets in, in Micah 3. He says, this is what the Lord says, as for the prophets who lead my people astray, they proclaim peace if they have something to eat. You get that? Long as you'll feed me, I'll say there's going to be peace. He said they, they proclaim peace if they have something to eat, but prepare to wage war against anyone who refuses to feed them. Some of you may feel that way here after this sermon. I'm going to wage war unless I eat. Verse 6, therefore night will come over you without visions and darkness without divination. The sun will set for the prophets and the day will go dark for them. The seers will be ashamed and the diviners disgraced. They will all cover their faces because there is no answer from God. And so what, what the, Mike is saying is there are people out here that just do it for themselves. That as long as you'll feed me, as long as you'll do things for me, I will prophesy for you. And if not, let's wage war. Another issue they had was, was really claiming the Holy Spirit falsely. From 1 Kings 22, then Zedekiah, son of Kenana, going with that today, Kenana, went up and slapped Micah in the face. Micah, this is not the same Micah that we've been reading about. It looks like Micaiah, sometimes it's Micah. Uh, which way did the Spirit from the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you? And so Micaiah here is the prophet from God, but this other man is saying, listen, I have the Spirit of God too, so why don't you tell me which way he went? Because Micah, or Micaiah here, was not saying exactly what he wanted to hear. He would not prophesy in the way that he wanted, and so that was a problem. Often, as we just read, it is about the prophets prophesying after their own thoughts, after their own heart, after their spirit, 
Ezekiel 13 says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. This idea that people are out here prophesying, God has told me, which again is probably my reaction if you come up to me later, Connie, and tell me that. I'm thinking, you have seen nothing. You have heard nothing. But obviously there are people and always have been people that are just after the, just out there on their own spirit, not the Holy Spirit of God. And so that's why we test. Uh, Dr. Wright says this, false prophets have a lack of personal moral integrity. That's how you can see them. We're going to kind of read some characteristics of them. So by the standard of, standards of God's law, they were not even good Israelites, much less, or let alone good prophets. And so the idea that we've been throwing around as we, as we talk about the Holy Spirit is that we should be able to test and see, is this from God? It is okay to test. It is okay to be a little cautious. That's fine. I would rather you be cautious, and that's what Scripture tells you to do, other than I've got a word from God from you. Okay, I accept it immediately. Because often in Scripture, that is not what is happening. It is, I am doing this of my own accord. So part of false prophet uh, characters, number one is drunkenness. And Scripture talks about each one of these from Isaiah 28. And these also stagger from wine and reel from beer. Priests and prophets stagger from beer and are befuddled with wine. They reel from beer. They stagger when seeing visions. They stumble when rendering decisions. All the tables are covered with vomit. Clean this up for us, right? Uh, all of the tables are covered with vomit, and there is no spot without filth. Tell us what you really think about false prophets. They're saying, look at their lives. They can't walk straight. They're constantly drunk. Also, what you see um, in, in Micah 2.11, if a liar and deceiver comes and says, I will prophesy for you, uh, for you, plenty of wine and beer. That would be just the prophet for this people. Boy, you hear the cynicism in that, right? This is, the, this is the kind of prophet the people want, and that's what they're getting. Is a kind that says, you know what? If you'll just uh, lay the alcohol out for me, I'll prophesy all you want. Another way that you could see the false prophets in the Old Testament uh, was their sexual immorality. From Jeremiah 23, uh, and among the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen something horrible. They commit adultery and live a lie. They strengthen the hands of evildoers so that, uh, that not one of them turns from their wickedness. So a prophet is doing what? Speaking for God. A prophet is speaking for God so that the people will turn and do God's will. And he's saying, no one turns from this wickedness. They are all like Sodom to me. The people of Jerusalem are like Gomorrah. And again, we say, ouch. <laughs> Another way you could spot a false prophet in the Old Testament was their greed. Micah 3.11 said, Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and her prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, Is not the Lord among us? No disaster will come to us. This idea that people can be out here just saying whatever they want. So one of the questions that we have is, what about modern prophetic ministries? Anybody know that there are modern prophetic ministries? You've probably seen some on TV, YouTube, all these things where uh, people lay themselves out as a, as a prophet from God. 
God told me. Anybody got into that? Shake your head, yes. You have seen that before? Yeah. Well, Scripture tells us what we can do here. He says, you will know them uh, by their fruit. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? I probably talk about my garden too much, but I've never gone out to my cucumber patch and picked squash. <laughs> Strawberries not hanging off of my okra plant, right? Uh, what we have to do in these, in these times is be able to discern, to be able to, uh, to see what's going on and to know, is this from God? As I said earlier, we have the very right to be suspicious and to judge behavior, and I think Scripture calls for that. That there may be a, a, a instance where we see a, a prophecy from God, and, and what I want to tell you is most of the time, all prophets are doing is telling the people, you need to turn back to God. But often what we see in these prophetic ministries out in the world right now is not so much a prophet for God is a prophet for the Republican Party or a prophet for the Democratic Party. And God wants you to know that he hates Biden or Trump or insert name. And that's the way prophets today work. I don't want to stand up here and sound like just because someone has sinned in their life that they cannot be in leadership or be in some kind of prophecy because we know We've read Scripture. We've been through the almost the entire Old Testament. No one in there was blameless, right? And so we don't look and think, oh, yeah, I saw them. I saw them angry that day. They must not be of God. But it's all about intent. It's all about uh, turning back to God when we fail. We talked in class, had a great discussion about uh, what it means to, to live that kind of life. And often in church, we're quick to, once a leader, someone who preaches or teaches or is an elder, once we see that they have sinned, our immediate thought is not like David was with God. Hey, repent, come back, be that example. It's you got to leave. And so I don't want you to come thinking about this because just because someone has sinned does not mean that they are not of God, but I want you to be able to recognize a false prophet. A lot of our modern prophets today have very vague prophecies slanted in one direction over and over. Uh, I saw one the other day who said um, part, of, part of this person's prophecy was the proof was you will see this name in the paper at some point, no, no date given. And I looked up that name, and that was the name of a professional ball player. Well, guess what? At some point, let me just make that prophecy today right here. They will be in the newspaper. What do you want to bet? Uh, and so you need to be able to, uh, to recognize that um, uh, and see that as, as people go around. Uh, one thing we see in false prophets in the Old Testament, again, is uh, they have no moral courage. And so where prophets are supposed to live a life coming and telling people to turn, uh, what you see in false prophets is not that. I want, I want to make sure you're okay with me. I mean, Jesus was a prophet himself, was he not? Coming and telling people about what God is going to do. And they didn't all shake his hand and pat him on the back and thank you, thank you for being here, did they? And so over and over, what we see is that prophets lived a very dangerous life. There are prophets called weeping prophets. There are prophets that faced all kinds of things. 
and some false prophets do this. They have lied about the Lord. They said, he will do nothing. No harm will come to us. We will never see sword or famine. I want to make sure that you feel like you're okay, that nothing will ever happen to us. And, and now if we preach that, we would have a lot more people here, and we would all go away feeling great about ourselves, that nothing's ever going to happen bad. I don't know how people hear that sermon and have something happen in their life and deal with that. But the way they existed was to try and just calm everybody. Again, from Jeremiah, they keep saying to those who despise me, the Lord says, you will have peace. Don't you just hear them looking at you in the eye like that? And to all who follow the stubbornness of the heart of their hearts, they say, no harm will come to you. And that's what a lot of people would like to hear, right? And Scripture talks about having our ears tickled. We want to hear certain things and to come and hear peace, and everything's fine, and you're okay, I'm okay, you do you, you know? And then we walk away not being convicted because we've been lied to, right? They did not warn the people, Ezekiel says in Ezekiel 13, because you disheartened the righteous with your lies when I had brought them no grief, and because you encouraged the wicked not to turn from their evil ways. Again, you're fine, I'm fine, we're all fine. And so save uh, their lives. Therefore, you will no longer see false visions or practice divination. I will save my people from your hands. God talking to the, uh, the prophets here. I will save my people from your hands, and then you will know that I am the Lord. Uh, we kind of talked about this when we talked about how uh, prophets do things. They prophesy of their own accord, but uh, many prophets did not have even a mandate from God. That's I think that's, for me, that's the biggest thing. If you walked up to me today and said, I have a word from God, I, I'm cynical about, okay. I don't know if he said anything. Uh, Jeremiah 23, 18 says, but which of them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see or to hear his word? Who has listened and heard his word? That question there, have you actually heard from God? We skip over just a couple verses here. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message. I think this goes back to kind of a lot of the modern prophecy, prophetic uh, YouTube channels and things like that, where I'm, I'm going to make money t telling you what God said. I did not send these prophets, yet they have run with their message, always saying, God has said, right? I did not speak to them, and yet they have prophesied. But if they stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people and would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. This is what prophecy is all about, right? that the prophet goes from God to the people and says, we've got to get back to being the people of God. Ezekiel 13 says it this way, their visions are false and their divinations a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say the Lord declares and expect him to fulfill their words. Those of you who shook your head, yes, if you've heard uh, modern prophets, I think you've heard a lot about this. A lot of the prophets, what you will see is we talked about Revelation last year. How many prophets have heard from God and want to only focus on the end times? I want to tell you about Revelation. And man, they can write a book and try to connect dots, and this here is a Sherman tank, and man, the world's about to end. Though even Jesus told us, don't worry about that because I don't even know. The Father is the only one who knows. 
And then we have people out here prophesying, saying, I've got it figured out. And as we went through that study of Revelation, I said, if anybody ever tells you that, you just walk away. Um, it's interesting. I got put, I was asking my, my large church, a man walked up to me and he said, uh, your name's Gunter, right? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, I've got a teacher that you need to meet. His last name is Gunter as well. Can I give him your email address? And I'm always leery when that's the first thing you ask for is the email address. Uh, but I said, yeah, that's fine. And the only thing that I got day after day, week after week, was this teaching about how Jesus has already come. Never told me how that impacted me or what I should be doing now, but just to convince me that Jesus has already come. And oftentimes in these false prophets, what you see is just a, a focus on things that even Scripture tells us, why are you worrying about that? You shouldn't worry about it. Live life like it's about to end. That's fine. That's what you need to do. Be ready. Be prepared. But you're not supposed to be focusing on all of these things. Scripture tells us over and over that what we need to be focusing on are injustices in the world, and that's a lot of what the prophets did. The prophetic work in, in the Old Testament was, even what Jesus said he came to fulfill, was this injustice that kept happening to the people. And so what we see uh, over and over is, I want to focus on my well-being and how I, you and I can be okay and I can get paid for telling you whatever you want to hear. Instead of going to you boldly and saying, this is what God wants for you. If I stand up here week after week, y'all listen to me. If I stand up here week after week and I don't challenge you or I don't speak into sin and I don't hurt your feelings a little bit every once in a while, run me off because I'm not doing my job. You understand that? I'm not here. Anyone standing here talking about the words of God is not here to make you come and to just feel happy and go away feeling like I'm okay, we're okay, we're all okay, let's not change anything. Some of the hardest things to hear are those, those things maybe we don't even realize we've made idols out of. And then all of a sudden we realize through a sermon or through a word from God that, oh, maybe I have put too much importance in that. Maybe I have focused too much on that thing and we walk away uh, not really looking at ourselves and going, man, I need to change that, but we walk away angry at the preacher. Just like they walked away angry at the prophets. I don't want to hear that. You just tell me I'm okay. I think uh, another thing that can kind of fall into this same, uh, same trap is this health and wealth prosperity gospel that we see today. This idea that I'm going to speak for God and all God wants for you is the greatest, the best, the newest. God wants you to have that new house. He wants you to have that new car. And by the way, if you don't feel like you're being blessed, that just means you're about to be blessed. And all those people are doing, and we can have crowds, and you know churches close to here, that, that have massive crowds because that's all they talk about. Because no one wants to hear that God's going to be with you through the storm. They want to hear how I'm going to be blessed in wealth. And all that gospel, if it, I don't even call it a gospel, it's not good news because it's not the news from God. All that is doing is preying on greed. It is speaking into the greed that we all have, that we all want more. We all want to get the greatest, the newest, the best. 
And so I can go somewhere and I can hear that as if God were saying it. I'd love for you to pull up a bunch of scriptures for me and let's talk about it after the sermon today where I can say, okay, well, let's just talk about this all the time. But that's not the case. We have to be people who are faithful to the scripture. And that's the biggest difference between a prophet of God and a prophet who is false, not true to God. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, we've read this so far in this series. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away with me, away from me, you evildoers. So what Jesus says here is I can have a miraculous ministry, I can have a prophetic ministry that apparently is true, that that prophecies come from God or miracles happen from God and still live a life that is not for God, that my motivations are somewhere else, that my heart is somewhere else, that I'm not really caring about you in the sense that I want you to follow God. I care about you as long as you will take care of me that I will make you feel better about yourself as long as you will feed me, pay me, give me bribes. I've yet to get a bribe. I am disappointed in that. I haven't even had the opportunity to say no. Maybe y'all should challenge me on that. I don't want you to speak about X, Y, Z. Okay. But that's the difference. Today, this week, we, uh, we talk about what it looks like to have false prophecy, false prophets, Next week, we talk about the positive side of this and what do we do with it in this time of the church. I just want to encourage you as you go out into the world to be discerning people, that in everything that we do, we go out and we we compare what is happening in our culture and what does Scripture say about that? Does Scripture speak into it? This person says they have a word from God and they are following God, but through their motives... Does their information fit with what God has told us in his word? I pray that we are people of the book, that we follow God in everything that we do. And we just want to encourage you right now as we have a time of invitation. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, If you're needing to get back on the right track, if you're needing to uh, begin that walk with him in baptism, let's start that today. Would you come as we stand and sing?